I'm Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill Fantasy Football Podcast and our video cast as well. You can hear the podcast wherever you can get your podcast. And also, you can see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at KramerandBrill.com. That is the easiest way. Well, we're in the week four, and the winners this week among the quarterbacks were top of the list Josh Allen, 358, four TDs passing, one rushing, no picks. Matthew Stafford, who outplayed Tom Brady, four touchdowns, and Brady, who had only one this week, could toss for 432 yards. Among the running backs, top of the list, Steelers' Najee Harris. I said he'd have his first 100-yard game, and he did, although he did it through the air, catching 14 of 19 targets for 102 and a touch, plus another 40 on the ground. Zeke Elliott finally broke through with 95 and a pair of scores. Peyton Barber clocked 111 for Vegas, and Alexander Madison ticked off 112 for the Vikings. Eric Henry ran for 113, and of course, we had a new kicking record for field goals. Field goals, a 66-yarder. You ever seen one of those? And guess who it came against, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, never have seen a 66-yarder go through. Never have seen a 66-yarder go through. A good two seconds after the play clock had ended, the ball gets snapped, and then it still goes through. But nonetheless, it was still a hell of an effort um, on Justin Tucker's part. Uh, but I will say that, the game never should have been that close. Baltimore thoroughly dominated that yeah. game and dropped a few passes. Uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Jackson overthrew, uh, was it, or threw behind and overthrew uh, Andrews. It would have been an easy score. But anyway, the game shouldn't have been that close, but it was, and they did win the game. In the aerial game, we had 10 guys had 100 yards or more. Mike Williams had a pair of TDs to go with his 122. Devontae Adams had one score, let all receivers. 12 catches for 132. Tight ends Mike Kosicki had uh, 10 catches. Both Travis Kelsey and uh, Mark Andrews also went over 100 yards. Uh, down days, Ben Roethlisberger said he was going to do that, and he did. Trevor Lawrence, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, David Montgomery, Michael Carter, and TJ Hawkinson. Uh, we both liked Josh Allen, Kirk Cousins, and Derek Carr, along with Matt Stafford, and we were right on there. And if you remember, I said this could very well be Brady's first loss, and it was. You like Sam Darnold. He continued to win and play well, 304 yards on the day. I did not like Zeke Elliott this week, and boy, was I wrong. Won't make that mistake again. No, but you did like Tony Pollard, and he also yeah. was good. Yeah. So I'll, I will add another couple of names to the down day list, which would be Justin Fields, all of one net passing yard, and then Zach Wilson cut his in interceptions in half from four to two, but still struggled. But were you surprised at how bad, um, I mean, statistically for sure, but just how how uh, Justin Fields ended up doing on the day? Um, how, was I surprised? I don't know. But I just think that the Bears, as an offense in general, just from the start of the regular season going forward, have just looked very suspect and not – able to sustain drives. Um, Dalton, I think, looked good in the game that he got hurt in against the Bengals. Um, but I'm not surprised in that the Bears just looked – they looked unprepared. And I don't know how else to say it, but uh, I know Matt Nagy really was brought in to the Bears to kind of solve their offensive issues, but really hasn't. So – I, I hope they get it turned around. They'll have a chance against the Lions team that, you know, is at least on the same level with the Bears so far this year. 
So is there one standout player this week that you saw coming and he came through, you know, some sleeper on the rise? I don't know if I call him a sleeper, but Teddy Bridgewater um, actually, again, has shown up and done very well. And I think he's been he's been the complimentary player to me that the Broncos have needed since Fangio's taken over. Their defense is the best in the league, and now they've got a guy – that cannot just manage the game, but he can create himself and is accurate, makes good decisions. And they're, they're 3-0, not by mistake. I mean, they haven't really played a tough schedule yet, but they're 3-0 in part, in large part, I think, because of Teddy Bridgewater. All right, well, let's take a look at the game. Let's start with Thursday's uh, night game. That's the Jaguars and the Bengals. You know, I love Jamar Chase. I mean, what's not the love? And Joe Mixon, I love him here too. Joe, Joe Burrow is good if you have no one better. But I would keep an eye on T. Higgins, who is questionable this week. Well, if you flip over to the Jaguars, they have not had a 100-yard rusher or receiver. Trevor Lawrence has thrown at least one interception in all three games. And uh, Cincinnati has a top-10 defense in points allowed. So I don't think – if the Jags are going to turn things around, I don't think it'll be this week. I would look for the Jaguars kind of as the season progresses to get better but I don't think it's going to be starting this week against uh, uh, the Bengals. Titans and Jets. Michael Carter led the team in rushing this week with 24 yards. Corey Davis took over the aerial core with five for 41. Zach Wilson, as you mentioned, was 19 to 35, 160 yards and two picks. I think I've said enough about why you won't be looking at any Jets this week. Well, hey, after that crazy loss to start the season against the Cardinals, Titans are back-to-back wins now. Julio Jones has reemerged. Derrick Henry is running with authority. The play-action game is back in swing. Tannehill's back to playing consistently well. And now it's the winless Jets that are up next. So I'd look for A.J. Brown um, to get going here. Uh, he's yet to have a breakout game, and I just think that uh, this is going to be the week that he gets going along with the Titans. Chiefs and Eagles. Eagles lost to Dallas, but didn't look really bad doing it. Uh, Dallas is a team on the rise and to be reckoned with. Now, here's one thing, though. Jalen Hurts is the team. So take your chances with Goddard, Ertz, Miles Sanders, but nothing lost if you don't. And I still think the main two in Kansas City are Mahomes and Kelsey. Um, Edwards Hilaire finally got going this week on the ground, which to me says that their offensive line is starting to do the things they need to do. He had a nice little timely uh, screen pass scored in the red zone. And that's why I think going forward, uh, Edwards Hilaire is going to be a definite guy to think about playing. Um, and I think if my take on the Eagles Dallas game is that Dallas thoroughly dominated that game. Um, and as bad as the score was, it was not indicative of how bad it could have been. Um, and so uh, the Eagles, I think, are, you know, they were everybody's darling when they started out and won the first game. And I just, I think they've, they, Jalen Hurts to me seems a little out of whack right now in terms of decision making and, where he's placing the ball or not placing the ball effectively. And so, I don't know. I think going forward, they're going to struggle. But I think, uh, you know, this week, um, you know, the Chiefs are going to be the next team in line that kind of takes advantage of the Eagles' defense. Now, Panthers and Cowboys, just speaking of the Cowboys, Zeke is getting the ball off and early. That's great news for fantasy owners. And he's getting goal line looks. That's great news for fantasy owners. Pollard also solid. So are Dak, Amari Cooper, and Jarwin's an up-and-comer. I mean, look for the tight end to uh, get more looks this week. Okay, so along with the Broncos, Carolina snuck up on a field so far this year as well. 
They've only allowed 10 points a game. Now, Dallas is the most complete team the Panthers have faced so far. I do like Darnold to continue being effective. McCaffrey in both the run and the pass game. And I like Robbie Anderson to make a few big catches down the field to pick up the slack when Dallas tilts the coverage more towards D.J. Moore. Oh, yeah, the Giants and Saints, uh, not much to like here for the Giants after Daniel Jones. When you say Juan Barkley, a flex player in RB2 at best, he did get seven targets last week, so that's good news. Keep an eye on Shepard and Slayton, who both are questionable. Now, this could, if, if they're out, that could put more uh, offensive plays on Barkley. So, you know, if, keep an eye on those two guys. If they're out, then you may want to move Barkley up a little bit. Pushing over to the Saints, I think the best thing you can say about them is that with no Dubuis, here they are at two and one. Um, they haven't yet, though, had a breakout star kind of rise up week to week. Um, Jameis Winston, I think, is playing well, but he's not putting up huge numbers every week. And therefore, neither is anybody else. I think Alvin Kamara is probably the best combination running back receiver in the NFL right now. So I think to me, he's the only bankable Saints offensive weapon in fantasy. You know, the Browns and Vikings, the big question is, can the Browns' defense continue to be wicked? Nine sacks and a win over the Bears last week. Mayfield, rather pedestrian, but Chubb and Hunt were monsters. Uh, Beckham's back, had five catches for 77. I think he's back to wide receiver one status at this point. I would say so, too. And I think if you flip over to the Vikings, um, they are everything the Bears weren't. So they've got one of the better young quarterbacks or better veteran quarterbacks in the league right now in Kirk Cousins, and then a ton of offensive weapons, even though uh, Dar- um, Cook has been out, uh, you know, Alexander Madison's picked up the slack there. Justin Jefferson's been a beast. Thielen's obviously, uh, you know, in the mix every week. And I just think that the Vikings are fighting to get their season back on track, having lost a couple to start the year out. They had an impressive win last week against Seattle. And I think they're looking to keep this thing rolling as Cleveland. Now, you know, they were at home. Now they're going to be on the road in Minnesota. Can they keep this going? Because you can't focus on what happened. You have to focus on what's coming up. And I think the, the Minnesota Vikings are poised to win this game. Okay, so we got the Lions and Bears. Speaking of the Bears, why don't you lead off against your old team uh, against your other old team, the Lions? All right. Well, this is a division they used to call the Black and Blue Division. Right. And we're looking at really the two current worst teams in that division. Um, I think Nagy really is on the hot seat more than any other time in his coaching career, at least as a head coach. And uh, my feeling is that he needs to look rested and unburdened on the sideline, I think. So the way to do that for me is go back to what they did in the last year, have Nagy hand the play calling duties over to Bill Lazor and come out with a good, simple, effective running game that uses play action pass, moves around the quarterback inside and outside of the pocket like Trubisky did last year when they won a few games and do that with Justin Fields. And I think that's the Bears recipe. They're going to be at home, uh, likely going to face some booze coming out of the tunnel. And they just need some early success in the first quarter. Keep it close. Get a score or two. Be competitive so that you can gain some confidence and build as the season or as the game wears on. You know, looking at the Lions, uh, Hawkinson, the tight end, had an off day. So that meant Goff had an off day or vice versa, whichever way you want to look at it. Either way, 
man who scored over 20 fantasy points in PPR fantasy leagues the first two weeks of the season had two catches for 10 yards. I mean, two five-yard catches. A divisional game, the Bears coming off an interesting loss to Cleveland. I got to say, except for DeAndre Swift and Hawkinson, I'm backing off here. Although Khalif Raymond's getting a lot of activity on the waiver wires for wide receivers. He was actually targeted 10 times in that game, that last game. Texans at Bills, Texans are pretty rough right now. They may or may not have found their new quarterback in Davis Mills, and that's not saying much. So I won't say much except Brandon Cooks is a questionable wide out too. Best at flex because of the quarterback situation. And to flip it over to the Bills, I think their offense has definitely righted the ship that is now being cap- uh, captained by Josh Allen effectively, and which means Stephon Diggs is back in play as a starter in Beasley and Singletary and Zach Moss. They all play their roles as maybe flex players. But I think this offense is going in the right direction now. And remember, the Buffalo Bills defense, which has always been a strength of theirs, uh, is giving up just about 14 points a game. Um, not great news for the quarterback. You just mentioned David Mills starting as a rookie now with the Texans. Colts to Dolphins. Dolphins D seems good enough now with two outlook to Jacoby Brissett. Uh, you loved him all last year. Yeah, we, weren't we saying that just a couple of years ago about the Colts that uh, their the quarterback is out and Jacoby Brissett's coming in? Uh, Brissett going against his hold mates, and I like him here very much. Uh, Gasecki and Waddle are both solid plays here as well. I like him too. I like the Dolphins' offense. I like what Brissett did last week. I think he'll do it again. And I think the Colts have—they make me nervous, and I'm going to guess they make a lot of um, NFL viewers nervous because they were supposed to be coming into this year a Super Bowl caliber roster, a good, effective young coach and Frank Reich. And yet here they now sit at 0-3, and, and Carson Wentz has not really been playing effectively, and he's been battling some injuries. So uh, to me, anybody on the Colts roster offensively is a huge risk to play just because you don't know who's going to step up. And I don't think they've really had anybody break out yet this year. You know, it's interesting. It wasn't that long ago that Wentz and Goff came out as the number one and two picks. And the big battle uh, in, in media and everything else is who's going to be better? These two guys are going to be great. They both have traded in the last year. Neither one of them, I mean, well, Goff's been to a Super Bowl. He didn't win, but he got there. And Wentz has just not found the home. It's just kind of, what's it? Four years they've been in the NFL, somewhere around there? How- Something like that, yeah. And I, and, I, and I think that, in fairness to Carson Wentz, you know, that guy's he was on pace to have, the year they won Super Bowl, on pace to be the MVP of that league. And uh, what if, I think they would have gone Super Bowl either way, with him or Nick Foles. Um, but unfortunately, injuries have gotten in the way of Carson Wentz in these first few yeah. years. Washington at the Falcons. Antonio Gibson is a play here as well as McLaurin. I like McLaurin to rebound. He had an okay week last week, but they were really covered hard. Taylor Heineke could have a day against Atlanta, but I'm not betting on it. Yeah, and I think, unfortunately, the Falcons, to me, look like the NFC version of, I hate to say this, but the Steelers, because they've got an Asian quarterback. They don't really have a solid running game. Defensively, they're kind of finding their way. And, you know, Kyle Pitts really hasn't stepped up like I thought he would. And Julio Jones is gone. Calvin Ridley is yet to dazzle anybody. So I think it's the Falcons. They're a tough bet here also fantasy football-wise to pick one guy that's going to be their consistent guy week to week. And against, you know, in this game here against Washington, I don't see one. Yeah. 
Seahawks at Niners, DK Metcalf, a solid 17 points week to week in PPR leagues. Russell Wilson, always a play. Chris Carson remains a play this week. Uh, Swain fell off a little bit. We like to recommend him last week, but he did fall off a little bit, but he can rebound. And Lockett, despite only four targets, still wide receiver one all, all the way down the line. Well, to the 49ers, without a solid running game, I think Garoppolo to Kittle. That's the combination there that's going to be working and has worked so far. Um, but I also look for San Francisco, um, you know, against the Seahawks to bank and, and game plan to have an effective running game because that's how you get the rest of the receivers involved is through the play-action game. And until that happens, that, until that commitment happens with the running game, I don't really see anybody outside of Kittle and Garoppolo that you can bank on. You know, and, and Trey, Trey Sherman got a chance to play last week. I mean, mainly because their roster is devastated when it comes to running backs. I think they wish they had uh, Gallman at this time, at this point. But uh, Sherman, you know, he didn't play that well. I mean, uh, he, he was coming off an injury too. So uh, there's a rookie running back there. You might keep an eye on him. I will have to wait and see. But I, I think you're right. There isn't much to bank on on the Niners, maybe just the defense. Cardinals at Rams. Now, this could be the entertaining game of the week. Two 3-0 teams. Rams on a high after beating Tampa Bay soundly, and it could be more of the same, although the Rams' defense will have to contend with Kyler Murray. So I'm saying don't expect big things from Aaron Donald and company. Uh, Sonny Michelle is a play due to expected volume. Stafford is good. I'm sold on both Cooper Cup and Deshaun Jackson, who uh, came out the old guy with 120 last week. So I like that too. Okay. The old guy that still runs about four, three or four, four or whatever. And I, I will say this, I'm sold on Kyler Murray, probably like everybody watching the NFL these days. Uh, everything that he brings to that offense, which is, it only starts inside the pocket. It's inside, it's outside, it's part of the running game himself. It's part of, you know, it's just, there's so much he brings. Um, he's a great decision maker. He creates so many opportunities for everybody else on their team. And I think, uh, you know, what he's done for James Conner and Chase Edmonds and Christian Kirk and A.J. Green and obviously Rondell Moore as a rookie has stepped up and made some big plays as well. So I like the Cardinals. I, I think the Rams will win this game, but I think the Cardinals will make it interesting. And, you know, this could be one of those shootouts like uh, the Rams had a couple of years ago with the Chiefs. And, you know, that's the Rams, I think, are kind of top right now in the NFC in terms of roster top to bottom play caller and uh, offensively defensively i think they got it all but i think the cardinals aren't you know they're not far behind either steelers and packers well you know after a tough loss last week i normally say most steelers starters this week but uh, against the packers i can only recommend Najee harris and chase claypool uh juju and deontay johnson both questionable with injuries Ben has not played well. The offense doesn't look good. But, you know, 58 passing attempts last week says Harris and Claypool get volume this week. And in fantasy, that's, that's, a real, that's a real game changer. So I like Harris and Claypool this week, but I don't like much of anybody else on the team. Well, without some of Pittsburgh's defensive stars like T.J. Watt, I got a feeling Aaron Rodgers is going to sit back, you know, comfortably back there, throw the ball 35 times, maybe or maybe not end up on the ground, any one of those. And he'll have a nice day where he throws for 300, 350 yards, distributes the ball around. I think Aaron Jones will get some yards on the ground as well as through the air. Devontae Adams, Tanya, Valdez, Scantling, all those guys are going to be uh, red zone threats as well. I just, you know, everybody, it's kind of funny how when you think back to that week one loss the Packers had against the Saints, 
you know, Aaron Rodgers might not have been wrong all along. Hey, we've got a number of games left in the season. Nobody panicked. He, he didn't. They didn't as a team. And obviously they've righted that ship. Ravens and Broncos. Ravens needed a 66-yard field goal, which we talked about to bounce over the uprights to get it done. And they won't find the Broncos any easier. Uh, Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews are starters. I don't like any running backs in Mile High Stadium. Uh, Sammy Watkins and Marquise Brown did tie Andrews for targets with seven last week. So if you have no one better, they are available. You know, um, when you think it, when I think of Teddy Bridgewater, as I'd mentioned earlier, um, you know, I just, everything he does, I think just, he, all along, he's just needed a team. He's needed him to be healthy. And now that he is, he needs the team around him to just keep on doing what it's doing. Have a playing great defense in Denver. He distributes the ball around. Everybody's happy. They win games. And this is going to be their toughest test. Obviously, the Ravens are a very good team. And, you know, I, I, who knows who's going to win. But I think the Broncos defense is going to keep them competitive in this for the most of the game, at least. And um, who wins, I don't know. But I think Bridgewater is going to be bankable here as well. Buccaneers and Patriots, a Sunday night game will be one of the most watched games this season with Tom Brady's return to New England. Booze or cheers? Well, I like Brady here. I do not like Mac Jones. I just think it's too much pressure. I like Gronk as well. Antonio Brown was out last week, so keep an eye on him for this week. It was an illness, so he could play. Uh, we should mention here that Richard Sherman has signed to play for Tampa Bay, which should improve that very good defense even more. Not sure if he's going to be ready to play. It's only a couple of days in, so uh, maybe he playing, uh, plays a nickel defense or something along that line. Maybe plays a little bit more, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, if we're just talking matchups about, you know, watching the game and who's going to win, I do like Mac Jones. I wouldn't start him here if I had him as a fantasy quarterback. But I think he's going to be – he's going to play like a, a young Tom Brady plays in this game. And that was back then, 20-some-odd years ago. Good decision maker. Uh, get the team in the right play at the right time. Move, be an effective guy within the pocket and, uh, and be, uh, you know, accurate with the ball. I think – Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry will be the recipients of those good decisions. Maybe some play action passes, get them into the end zone. And I just, if anybody's going to have pressure here, I mean, we're talking about the guy, right, that's been to 10 Super Bowls and won seven of them. But I think going home for the first time to New England, I think he really wants to, on that field, show those people that they should have made him offer to stay. And I think going into the game, you know, they, the Buccaneers have yet to establish the running game this year. So it's really all going to be on Tom Brady. And I think that this is a four-quarter game. Bill Belichick, even though he's not going to be out there playing, he is going to be devised in defense. And I think shut down the running game and putting it all on Tom Brady is going to be their best, most effective way to go about doing that. You know, Brady's return to New England brings up a thought I have to ask you about. Now, you took the Lions to the playoffs during your time there. Then you go free agent, you leave the Lions to go to the hated Bears, sign a big contract. What was your first time like coming back to Detroit, that first game? Booze, cheers, what? I mean, they obviously liked you because you took yeah, a yeah, but they didn't. Yeah, but they didn't give a rip. Once I was gone, I remember seeing a number 12 Bear player being hanged in the stands. Really? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so once once you're once you dress in a different locker room, you're on the diff, you're on a different team. They they don't give a rip about where who what time you spent there or what you did, they could care less. 
All right. Well, we'll we'll, we'll take that. I'm glad that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That, but you but you do bring up a good point because in New England you can't be for both. It's Brady right. or Belichick, and I, I'll be. I don't think. I I, I don't know. My prediction is that uh, Brady, there will be more Brady haters, I guess you'd say. Yeah, I would think so. Than the other way around. Yeah. So we got the Monday night game, the Raiders and Chargers, and for a return to an AFL title game. Well, not really, but it sounded interesting at the time. Uh, Raiders looking good. Defense sound. Cars sound. Ruggs and Waller are on fire. Renfro, a solid choice every week. And I do like Kenyon Drake here. This is an interesting matchup, right? I mean, the Raiders do look better, not just offensively, but defensively also, too. Um, I still give the Chargers defense the edge, though, in this one. I think Justin Herbert's been excellent all season. Um, I think the Chargers' bigger, taller receivers. Think about Mike Williams last week. It was almost uh, unfair, uh, him, them just throwing the ball up on his back shoulder um, in, in the red zone against the Chiefs. I think that uh, Austin Eckler... Uh, along with Kamara, is probably one of the better dual-threat running backs. Uh, even scored himself last year, last week on a little check down in the flat. Uh, so I, the Chargers are going to be at home. I'll be at the game. And so I think the Chargers are probably going to come out on top on this one. All right, there you have it. Kramer and Brill, Fantasy Football Podcast, now a videocast as well. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Libsyn, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can see the videocast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of it at KramerandBrill.com. That's the easiest way. For my friend and colleague, Eric Kramer, I'm Bob Brill, and we'll see you next time.